Well, guten Morgen, Cam. Uh, hello. How are you this fine gray morning? Yeah, um, about that. It's cold. <laughs> this just in. <laughs> in January, the north of the country is cold. You know what's funny? Is we always think of like, well, I do anyways. Like, oh man, we're so far north. We're so far north. And it's like 95% of Canada is northern, more northern than we are. And like, we're like these southern trolls, right? <laughs> it's just, I work with, the, or I, I play Fortnite with a guy who uh, is lives in um, Manitoba, but works on the pipelines in northern Saskatchewan. Right. And so he's telling me he's out working and it's like negative 40 when he's out working on the, on the pipelines. And they're, I mean, they have all the gear and everything, but they're still out there on snowmobiles. Just, and I was like, that's just, he's like, Oh yeah, where you're at. He goes, that's like, you know, April for us, (laughs) man, it's all about perspective, I suppose. So what's hilarious about that, and and this just shows that you're getting old, as you told that story two weeks ago. So did I? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all right. I'm sure I've retold stories on the on the show before, but I probably only know that because um, because number one, you told me the story, and I know it. But uh, I also had to uh, go through and do production on the episode last week or the last time, so do the editing. All right. Well, I'm going to start scouting retirement homes because apparently <laughs> so my brain's done. Yeah, so that's the third time I've heard that story. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been real, guys. I'll, uh, I'm just going to go get my robe and start playing shuffleboard. Yep, yep. Actually, I, I got to level with you. It's 23 degrees here, so actually it's warmed up some. So it was uh, 14 below yesterday morning when I when I got up. So we're we're having a heat wave today. I'm sorry. I already forgot what you said. What? <laughs> very nice oh man all right well why don't why don't you start talking because i'm just gonna sit here and wallow in my own so i wanted to i'm a, we're not going to talk about this right right yet because we're going to uh we're going to do a little bit of follow-up quick but uh on the episode today we're going to talk about a subject that i know you'll be excited to talk about uh we are going to talk about obsidian bum, 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 bum. finally I know we've talked about it a little bit before I have, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to be more of a dialogue this time, which I'm excited about. Yeah, because I uh, I got into it uh, this last week, and um, the topic that I have right before that is going to lead into the Obsidian conversation, but uh, but it's cool. I like it. So, but we'll save that for the uh, for our main topic. Uh, but first, we have some news, and we have to wait for the. I have to edit this. Up. It's time for a Predictee's update. All right, so there was some rumor news uh, this last week on uh, one of your Predictee's. Uh, the, a- the AR VR headset has been pushed from a June announcement to a fall announcement. Now, to remind the listeners, you your pick reads as follows. Uh, AR slash MR for mixed reality. A headset announced, but does not ship until 2022. So no, it does not ship in 2022. So not until 2022. Does not ship in 2022. Yeah. My cats be in trouble here. Hold on. So I have two initial thoughts about this announcement. Sure. 
The first is they're pushing the announcement back, which means there's no way it's going to ship. Or they're pushing it back to the fall so they can announce it and ship it on the same day or, you know, like announce that it's shipping a week later. Like, so I I'm, I'm 50. I'm torn on how to feel about this. My first reaction was yes. Like this is good news. Mm -hmm. And then after thinking about it, I was like, Oh crap, maybe they're pushing it back so they can announce it and saying it's going to ship before the holidays. So there's not much of a gap between the announcement and the ability. So I, I am officially torn on, on this uh, update to uh, my, my prediction. Now it is a rumor, so it could be completely wrong, but these things tend to have chunks of truth buried in them. So I'm, uh, I'm a little nervous that I might be getting this one wrong. I think that it's plausible that uh, we probably won't see anything ship before the end of the year. It, it feels to me like they're going to have to push this out to developers first. Now that's where we could get some clarification on this. It, when you say it won't ship, now, are you talking about a consumer yes. model or are we talking about like a developer kit won't ship? Consumer model. Okay, so I'm going to make that note in here because at the end of the I don't trust myself to uh, remember, first off. And secondly, um, we're going to end up fighting about it. So <laughs> Hear ye, hear ye. The first amendment to the 2022 predictees. Henceforth ratified. There were a couple other ones. The 22nd, here. the year of our Lord, 2022. There was a couple other ones in here that I thought, you know what? Th this bears clarification, but, um, but we'll, uh, we'll move on for, well, we can have, we can have good faith and negotiations throughout the year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's the fun thing about the way that we did the predictees is that we can, uh, we can come back to this periodically. When, if there's news. Yeah. And things too. Well, and so here's the way I view it. Is if we're if we allow ourselves to have some good faith negotiations throughout the year, we can then be absolutely cutthroat, brutal, merciless when it comes to deciding if you get the point or not. Because we've had the whole year to have the good faith negotiations. Yeah. And that'll I, be more fun. <laughs> All right. We can, we can fall on our swords at the end of the year if we need to. So I I uh, text you about this a um, couple weeks ago and uh, and wanted to follow up that I was uh, going to quit watching wrestling for what I referred to as a trial basis. Um, I wasn't a hundred. How much you have to pay for that subscription? <laughs> right. <laughs> that one was free, actually. And it saved wow. me. Yeah. But uh, I made I made this choice based on a couple of different factors. Uh, first off, uh, just time commitment. You know, there was a time where I was watching uh, Raw and NXT and SmackDown and AEW Dynamite and Rampage just to, like, stay in the loop as to what was all going on in both both uh, of the companies. And then I, I scaled back, got rid of all the AEW stuff, got a little bit uh, to the point where, like, I wasn't watching as much NXT, so I was just kind of focusing on Raw and SmackDown. And I settled into the fact that um, that the wrestling was just not really offering me a whole lot. Uh, and yes, it was a time to kind of sit down and turn my brain off and, and just watch something, you know, stupid and manly. But, uh, 
but I also realized that the the product just wasn't very good either, you know. And I and I kind of settled into that that idea, that always hoping that it was going to get better, and and then you know the wish casting things to happen that I really wanted to see happen, and then be disappointed. And uh, I think they call that fantasy booking. I think mm-hmm. that's what they refer to it as. Um, and then sitting back and realizing the guys that book this stuff aren't as smart as I am apparently <laughs> because they, they could really make us happy by doing a certain thing. And then they do something completely different that makes everybody upset, which I think is a Vince thing. Anyway, you'd prefer to like people not be able to guess what he's doing. So one of the benefits that, uh, that I've gotten from, um, not watching the wrestling is I have gotten more time and I would say a significant chunk. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm able to, you know, do a little bit more Bible study, which has been good. I've been able to do a little bit more work on the, my computer and like diving into something like obsidian and, uh, and do more study on that, be able to watch some videos, kind of learn how to do different things. You know, it's been good. And it's not that it's been, you know, life changing necessarily, but it's given me some uh, cool opportunities that I didn't have that I wasn't affording myself before is probably a better way to put it. So, so yeah. And I've been watching more SpongeBob. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, you had me, you had me convinced right up until that last sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I have to tell you, I, I, that was kind of a joke, but I have to tell kind you that, uh, that my wife uh, got called off of work today. So she didn't have to go to work. So she's upstairs. So if you're banging around, that's her. And I'll yell at her later um but uh i she went with a friend to go do a thing this morning i won't go into it but uh she she left at like 6 30 this morning and so i was able to get up at a leisurely pace i had no no restrictions on my time uh because really like we record at 10 o'clock so it's not not like i have to really worry about uh you know hurrying up and getting out of bed to, to come record uh, mm-hmm. At least I don't, because I I'm usually up by six thirty seven o'clock. So I uh, got up about um, about seven quarter after seven seven thirty, and went down and uh, made myself breakfast and you know made coffee. I should I, my wife made breakfast this morning. I just went in and heated it up. Uh, be, be honest, because uh, she'll yell at me. But uh, but then I sat down and turned on some SpongeBob. And had just a really nice leisurely morning, just sitting around the house and uh, and enjoying a, a nice, quiet, leisurely morning. So it was good. But SpongeBob was definitely a part of that. <laughs> so I probably would have ended up watching SmackDown this morning had I had I, if I was watching wrestling. But there you go. But one of the things that has been a benefit for me out of not watching the wrestling is being able to learn a little bit more about apps and and stuff like this. So this is where I do the really nice radio uh, segue into talking about Obsidian, uh, because that's something that I've been able to dig into. And I had a reason for doing this. And that's because uh, we're getting ready um, as a group of guys at the church to do a study on Watchman Nee's book, The Spiritual Man. And, uh, and I thought, you know, this is a really good opportunity for me to try out a good note taking system. And so I thought, you know, Cam talks about Obsidian. So 
I'm going to dig in and see if I like it. And so far, so good. So do you want to talk a little bit about Obsidian and um, what it is and how you use it? Yeah. So <clears throat> Obsidian is a note-taking app um, that is at its root, a folder full of markdown documents. It is, it is a filter for a folder. So in, in reality, I can take any of those markdown documents in that folder and open them in any other app that can open markdown, which is like a lot of different options. So you're not necessarily tied to obsidian in the future for most of its features. Now it is one of the apps that has fully embraced and led the charge of this whole backlinking and graph deal where I can in one note, put double brackets around a word or a phrase. And that either creates a new note with that or connects to an existing note. And so in the case of Bible study, obsidian becomes incredibly powerful um, with this concept of linking uh, notes. So like I have an entire section in my obsidian, it's a, it's a folder called biblical themes and there's probably like 50 to 60 themes um, or places or people that I have individual notes on. Like for example, I have a note on um, covenant. And so like on that note, I will have, you know, a definition for what covenant is, why it's important, that sort of stuff. And then every time I come across covenant being talked about or happening in the Bible, I can link that part of it back to that page. And so I can have a running list of the places in the Bible where that subject is talked about. So if I were teaching it or if I ever want to do more in-depth study on it, I have pretty much everything I need there as far as what the Bible says. And then I can bring in outside sources like commentaries or podcasts or articles or books as well. And that's the part too, that can be very beneficial is if you do read wise or matter or, or things like that, where you can uh, take your highlights from books and articles, you can also add those to your obsidian vault and then you've got more sources that you can link together to build this essential, this, this knowledge base, this library full of things. And it's something that only improves with usage and with time. Um, I have the entire Bible in here and I did it the hard way because uh, I wanted the ESV version in here and they don't have a open API. So I had um, a PDF version of their Bible. And I went through and I copy and pasted every single verse of the Bible into Obsidian. And I have been working through that, breaking it down into folders by book and then by chapter um, over the last year. Because I wanted that specific translation because that's the one that I use. Um, there are other options, which Mitch, you can fill them in on later with your setup for how you're doing that. Um that's much more quick. I think it's like a click of one or two buttons and it's all in there for you. So um, I'm, I'm definitely doing it the hard way, um, but it's fully customizable. There are themes you can, if you know CSS or JavaScript, you can do crazy stuff, or it can just be a simple note-taking app. 
here's what I want to do today. They have daily notes. So if like, here's what I have to get done today. Here's a few things that I thought about today. So you could use it as a journal and you can keep this all on your computer, either locally, or you can use iCloud drive to sync it across your devices, or you can pay for their service to do the same thing for you. So it's as private as you want it to be, but there's also a publish option, which means you can publish certain pages to the internet on, on an obsidian website. So like if, if I wanted to publish some of my pages about the Bible and things that I've realized, I can do that or I can keep it all private. So it's, it is at its base, a plain text markdown note taking app, but we haven't even talked about the plugins, but there it's just, it's a whole world unto itself. That's very fun to explore. And um, there's a lot of really cool people that you can learn from online to do crazy, crazy things with it if you want to do it. So yeah. that's that's the Blitz version of Obsidian. And what I've really loved about it is it's as simple or as complicated as you want it to be. You know, yes. so like you said, you can simply write just a just gather your notes together in it, or you can uh, you can enable workspaces and have like all your spaces configured and change from one space to another, which I, I really love that feature. Uh, because then, because right now the the spiritual man study that we're doing, uh, the first section of it goes into the tripartite man, you know, soul, spirit, body, and goes through and makes that argument. Well, so I have four notes. Four. Um, the first one is the the argument for the tripartite man, um, and then I have a note for the body, spirit, and soul. And so as I'm going through, I'm collecting information about those things into those notes and backlinking everything outside of those notes to that note. And so every time I see spirit or soul or body, I'm, I'm, you know, selecting that, clicking the double bracket, and it's automatically linking to my spirit note or my soul note or my body note, whatever so it it's making it so simple so that all you have to do is open one note for a certain chapter and just start clicking to pull up all the information that you want to pull up. And you're basically creating your own database of uh, information. Mm -hmm. So it, it is so powerful. Yeah. And there's on each note, you can see, all of uh, on the right, the right panel, you can go and you can see all of the places that you've already linked to it. But then there's also the section called it, that's called linked mentions. And there's also unlinked mentions and it's every place in your um, vault is what they call it. Your, your whole folder that that word or phrase appears that is not linked yet. And you can go through and link them. Now, currently there's not a link alt button. Yeah, which when you're doing something like the word Jesus in the Bible would be super convenient to have. Yeah, <laughs> it's like five thousand four hundred and twenty-two. It's like I don't want to. I don't want to wear my mouse and my finger out. Like I don't want to get carpal tunnel because I'm clicking Jesus five thousand times. <laughs> so a link all button sure would be nice. Um, but yeah, it's it's really cool. And the other thing, because some people might be like, well, why don't you just take one note, you know, for the the argument for it and then just headers. Well, the thing is with the, um, with that notes, you can do that. You can take each note, the individual notes 
and then reference them on the main page. But if you put an exclamation point in front of the double brackets, when you go to the preview mode, it will show all the contents of that page. So you can still accomplish that, but then still have the granular note-taking ability as well. So you get the best of both worlds. So you have the, you can share that individual note in any way you want, but then you can reference it or surface it in other places as well without having to embed the copy, the, the full text. So you can have one place to go to edit it. And if it's shown in multiple other notes, all those edits and changes will appear in all those other notes as well. So it's super handy uh, in that regard as well. Right on. So yeah, can you I like, tell I'm excited. I'm, I, I can <laughs> definitely tell. Uh, I do see the benefit of, uh, of, uh, importing the Bible in, even though it's, you know, it's a labor of love to get it in there, but I, uh, I'm an NASB guy. So, um, I really like the new American standard. And one of the plugins that I have is called the Bible reference plugin. And um, in that plugin own, does not have that version of the Bible in it. Um, it's mostly just, I think it's just public domain Bibles that they have in there. So you can't, uh, you can't um, pull up your preferred Bible. So. Yeah, it's, um, it's pretty limited to what you can uh, get like for free. Um, I know the, the guy that I uh, even got the whole Bible study concept in obsidian from, he uses the net Bible mm-hmm. um, because it's a free API and you can do a lot with it. And you, but I was like, yeah, that's great, but that's not what I want. So I took yeah. his framework, changed it a little bit more to fit my uh, way of working. And then I was like, well, guess we're just gonna, <laughs> we're gonna work through this. So now are you doing uh, like a note, note by like verse by note, or are you doing no, chapters? I'm doing chapters because you can reference individual blocks in obsidian. Okay. So I can still, um, I can still reference individual notes uh, or indi- sorry, individual verses. Um, and so what, the way that that works is you reference the page and then um, there's you, the carrot, you know, little guy. And then you um, can search for um, the verse, like, like we're studying the Beatitudes tonight at Bible study. So if I wanted to reference like verse three, I could start searching, blessed are the poor in spirit. And then that will come up and I can click it and it will put us like a little random generated code, like X four V 12 BC or whatever. And that's the specific block ID on that page. So it will reference the the note for Matthew chapter five and then add that carrot and block ID code to reference that specific um, uh, line. Because I put I put verses on individual lines so that they have their own ID. Okay. Um, and that also helps me see. I just have all the no, all the verse numbers in a line on the left hand column and then the notes. So it, it just it structurally it. it makes my brain happy. I don't have to hunt for like where in the paragraph, the verses I just know. Um, but that also lends itself to giving me uh, individual IDs for each verse that I can reference individually. So I, I have the choice to reference the whole chapter or the individual verse very, very easily. Sure. No, that makes sense. And then for each book, I have a, a essentially a table of contents page that links to each chapter 
but then it's also a place where I can put like book overviews or main concepts or outlines as well. So it kind of serves as like an introduction and table of contents for each book of the Bible. So I've got a couple ways of, of, of structuring and handling um, the data or the, the data, the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, did you mention the Kindle before and Kindle integration? No, no, no. I was going to leave so, that one for you because I don't use that one. So I'm interested to hear from you about it. So anyone who owns a Kindle knows that you can highlight stuff in the books that you read and you can make notes to those highlights and that all gets saved on Amazon servers in uh, my notes. And you can actually go on amazon.com and go and go to your Kindle stuff and view these. They're, they're available online in your account. Um, but what uh, some clever guy did is he created a plugin called Kindle Highlights that will automatically uh, scrape all of your highlights um, from the Kindle server and pull them into Obsidian. So now if you're studying a book, like we're, we're studying the spiritual man, uh, when I highlight stuff in there, I just have to go into Obsidian and sync my Kindle highlights and they pop up underneath the spiritual man book. And I just go in and I can copy and paste those or reference those in notes. And it's super, super convenient. It's very cool. It has a, it has a, uh, a link to the original source of that uh, highlight and and everything uh, built right into it. And it gives you the location in the book where that highlight is. And so it, it's really, it's really neat. So I like that a lot because it, it simplifies my, um, my study. So I can highlight something and then go into obsidian, sync that up and copy and paste it into my note and then actually just start writing my own notes on my, my observations on that uh, highlight. So, yeah, it's super cool. So I use, I use the Readwise um, plugin for that and Readwise will give you, gets me like Instapaper, Amazon and iBooks or Apple books, whatever it's called now, or maybe it's just books. Who, who knows mm-hmm. the orange one that yeah. comes with your, your iPhone or iPad. Uh, and it does the same thing. And that also allows me to enter because I, I like reading hard copy books because I'm apparently an old soul, as we already mentioned earlier. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that allows me I can enter I can manually enter my highlights there, which I've got to be honest, I don't do very often because woof, it's time consuming. But they have like I can take a picture with my phone and it will OCR it. So it makes it go a little bit faster. Um but then that collects everything and then dumps it into obsidian from all those sources. But um, for sure, if you're just a Kindle person, you got to pay for Readwise. You don't got to pay for that Kindle plugin. So by all means, like that's, that's a total win. And that's that, that leads me to the, the this other topic, right? The plugins. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Are there some crazy ones out there? Yeah. Um, one that I've, um, discovered uh, through Federico at Mac Stories is one called Data View. Okay, and this is one where it starts to get a little bit um, bonkers because you can start writing JavaScript to do stuff with your notes, <clears throat> and I'm not doing that, but it, it essentially treats your 
your um, Obsidian database as a database uh, that you can then build tables or lists or task lists from. And so I used to have this section on my dashboard note, which is just kind of like, hey, start here. I had sections for like, this is what I'm working on. This is stuff that's on my mind. Here's my tasks that are due today. And then here's my general outline of my library laid out in Dewey Decimal because... (laughs) And um, (laughs) that working on section used to be just a manual list of notes that I would add to it. Like, okay, this is what I'm working on for Bible study. This is what I'm working on for, you know, personal stuff, yada, yada, yada. Now, thanks to data view, it pulls the six most recent documents by their modified date. So essentially the last six documents that I've changed. And it's in it just every time I open the dashboard, it just pulls those fresh. I was and, wondering how he did that because I've seen that on in his uh, screenshots. Well, so here's the cool part mm-hmm. is he shared how he did that with data view on the, uh, the max stories weekly, you know, club membership uh, newsletter that he sends out. Mm-hmm. I was like, great. So I did it. I followed his, you know, his, his instructions and I did it. I was like, great, but there's notes on here that I don't want to see. I'm on my dashboard. I don't want to see my dashboard note listed on my most recent one because I'm on it and two, because it's always going to be there. Yeah. And I'm viewing this on my dashboard. So I don't need to be able to click on it. The other one I don't want to see is my scratch pad, which is just kind of like my junk file where like, like, Oh, I have an idea. I'm going to write and I'll deal with it later. Uh Kind of like the whole point of the note or the app drafts, just a place to write something and then do something with it later. That's what my scratch pad is. It's like, I don't want to see those two notes on this list. And so I spent, more time than I care to admit, trying to work through all of data views documentation to figure out how the heck can I use a tag to filter those notes from being shown like this should be possible. And it all came down to the fact that you can't use a tag as a filter. You have to use a tag as a source. And so what I had to say is pull all the notes that don't have this tag as the source, right? And so I put the tag hidden on these two files and boom, now my my six most recent modified documents ignores my scratch pad and my dashboard. They will never show on that list, which is super cool. And so I actually wrote on the Mac Stories Discord when I was trying to figure out, hey, anyone know how to do this? And I got no response. So I kept working on it, I kept working on it. And then I posted my results and I came back the next day and there was two star votes on it, which means it's trying to get on the starboard, which is like the really cool stuff from yeah. John or from John Voorhees and Federico Vitici. And then a message from, <laughs> and then a message from Federico that was like, this is really useful. Can I link this in the next Mac stories weekly? Yeah. That's like, awesome. Uh, yeah. So lo and behold yesterday when the, when the email or the, the newsletter went out, there's always a section at the bottom of cool stuff that's happened in the discord and like of the five User Cam Brennan found a really useful feature to hide stuff from, and there's a link to it. And I was like, I'm Max Story's kind of not famous, but it's really cool. (laughs) It was really cool that like he saw it was like, wow, that's useful. I'm going to share it with everybody that gets this newsletter. Yeah. That was pretty neat. Very cool. So. But yeah, the plugins, all that to say uh, there's plugins for all all matter of usefulness and insanity uh, that you can, you can do. Well, I'm definitely going to install this plugin and I'll play around with this later. So very cool. 
All right. Um, yeah, for me, like when I first started with this, one thing that really confused me was the fact that they have core plugins separate from community plugins, which totally makes sense to me now. But uh, but I was in community plugins looking for themes. And it's like, yeah, because I just wanted it to look a little different and give it, make it a little look a little bit more Mac-ish. Mm-hmm. And uh, lo and behold, is it under just under appearance? Yeah. Not it. Huh? Oh, yeah. There is a managed themes under appearance. Yep. So, so I went in and, and uh, found a theme that I liked and threw it in there. And which one you ran? Uh, I want to say it's the Big Sur theme. Big, yeah. I have that one. I don't have it installed. I, I ran it for a little while. Um, the other two that I would, that I would throw out there besides the big sir aesthetic one oh, are um take that back uh, obsidian nord is the one that i'm using okay um the two that that i would suggest you look at are um minimal mm-hmm. it's crazy powerful uh and then primary which is i run primary on my work uh laptop cuz i use obsidian for work too um and 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 then i run minimal on my on my personal computer um but the reason I use it at work is I use the daily notes to track um, all of my meetings. So I take notes for all of my meetings. And so on my daily notes, I link to all of those uh, notes um, and then any stuff that comes up for projects. And then when I go to those notes, I can see what day I had the meeting for that note on. And I always put the date there too. So in my meeting notes, whether they're one-on-one or teams, I have a running list of all the meetings I've had by date and then reference back to the daily note. Um, so I can see what else I was working on the day that I had that meeting if I ever need to. And because Obsidian has a global search, I can just type in like, I think we talked about this topic and I can see all of the notes for that. And then I can easily find the context around, uh, cause as we've established my, my brain forgets things. Um, and, and so since I started a new job, um, at, at my company and I have a lot more meetings now with a lot of people that I've never worked before, I was like, this is a great opportunity to use Obsidian for work. Uh, and then I also have a library document that links to all of our um, uh, important files. So like our, our our PowerPoint slide decks, our SharePoint files. So I don't have to figure out, okay, what, what SharePoint library, it's all linked. So I have like a running document and I've been there for two weeks and there's already like 50 different documents on there. Power BI report, like all the stupid corporate crap. But now it's like, oh, I just have it all in, in one place along with my notes. It's makes, helps organize my nine to five in a way that I've never had before. And it's awesome. Mm-hmm. So it's not just for academic research though. It certainly can be there's, there's like practical uses for it too. Um, in, in a work setting. Well, and, and I went through and, uh, um, made a task list. Um, but the task list that I'm, that I made were, uh, the star Wars books list. So I have all the ones that I, that I've read checked off now. Nice. And, uh, and I have them all split up by where they fall in the, the timeline. And it's like, I'm looking at it right now. And there are two books that I haven't read that, uh, fall previous to, um, a new hope. Now there's a third one in there that I got to double check, but I think I read that one. 
So once I've read those two books, then then I'm pretty much done until they release some new books for that. But I love the ease of uh, of use with the like using Markdown. Mm-hmm. I've never I've never figured out Markdown before. You know, I've, I've tried using it in the past, and now that this kind of almost forces a type of I don't even know if, if this is uh, um markdown at its base you know or if this is like a modified version of markdown because i looked I up the documentation and there was some stuff that didn't didn't line up but um but at any rate uh the learning this stuff now and and being able to use it more fluidly uh really really is cool i like it yeah and that's the the thing is you can you can have tasks that just live on your notes mm-hmm or you can um, use a plugin to sync your notes with Todoist because they have an open API. And so like on my dashboard, I've got uh, two Todoist um, sort of plugin blocks that say today and overdue shows all of my tasks that are either overdue or due today. And then upcoming anything that's due within the next three days. And then if I check it off in Todoist, and refresh it here, it goes away. If I check it off here and refresh it, it sends it to do to, to do us and checks it off. But like, so you have options, right? If you just want to have like a book list, like you do living in obsidian, that doesn't have to be live any, like that's exactly useful. Right. Mm-hmm. But you also have the option of pulling things in. Uh, if you want that back and forth sort of, so like, again, it's as simple as you want it to be or there's just a world of complexity. Should you choose to explore? It's, it it is, it is a tool that is malleable to what you want it to be and how you want to use it for the most part. Yeah. And I have not, uh, I have not dug into it yet, but I do have that to do us plugin. So it's fun. So, yeah, yeah, this, this could be an obsession for mine, uh, for me for a while. So, getting this working the way that I want it to. But good times. Yeah. And I did, I did create a dashboard uh, myself and then looking at uh, Federico's dashboard and thinking to myself, gosh, how is he doing all this stuff? So I'm glad that you pointed out that data view because that, uh, that'll come in handy. And I'm seriously con- considering uh, signing up for the Mac stories uh, club just mm-hmm. to get access to some of that stuff, at least, at least for a little bit, just to be able to access. Well, yeah. And you have access to the full archive mm-hmm. too. So every shortcut that he's ever made, every app that they've ever written about, like you have full access to all of that. The second you sign up. Oh goodness. And it's like five bucks a month, right? <laughs> yeah. So even if you're there for a month and just go buck wild, that's totally fine. And you get access to the discord too. And there's all sorts of really interesting stuff going on in the discord. Cause he's got some uh, shortcuts that I want to dig into too. He's so, got some bonkers ones, man. I really, I've, I've wanted to learn shortcuts, but I, I've like, he started talking about some of the shortcuts that he has for obsidian mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, yeah. Where do I find that? And, uh, and I couldn't find it on the website. So maybe it's in the, in the club max stories. Yeah. He's, he's pretty good at finding the balance between what he gives away for free, which is a lot 
and then what he reserves for club members. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> As he talked but, about some on uh, connected this last week that I was curious about. So. Yeah, it's, I, I think it's five bucks well spent and you know, I'm a, I enjoy him and, and the team at Max stories and it's uh Highly recommend it. And if anyone listening hasn't gone to maxstories.net, um, you're welcome. Go check it out. It is a it is a wealth of uh knowledge and fun. And we'll see you in a little, you know, a couple of years once you're done yeah. reading it all. <laughs> so good stuff. All right. Well, I don't really have much more to say about that. Uh we want to move on to what's delighting us today yeah okay so what's delighting you today cam two words mitch beat saber <laughs> so i saw uh in your instagram story the other day a picture of you wearing your oculus quest i'm yep. assuming it's the oculus quest it's not the quest too yeah yeah and uh and it's hilarious because um there's no way to make that look good <laughs> <laughs> yeah my hair was all like smushed and awkward and i had to just uh, yeah you look kind of like a an ogre uh with yeah. a giant blindfold on mm-hmm. but the uh the caption there was and i posted i don't know it's january 22nd now i probably posted it like four or five days ago um because i got it on tuesday yeah. and, and the caption i wrote was well 2022 it's been real see you fools in 2023 <laughs> i'm just gonna <laughs> i'm just done i'm out see ya um, i'm clocking out for the year um but beat saber have you seen and or played this mitch i have heard of it i have seen just really short videos of what it looks like but i have not played it it is so much fun yeah and i say this as a 35 year old dad it's a blast and i love it and i'm sure i look super awkward playing it um but the the concept is anyone that's familiar with guitar hero or rock band, you know, you've got the, the, the notes or the things that you have to hit at the right time. And instead of a guitar and a set of notes, you have two lightsabers and there are boxes coming at you in four different lanes and you have to strike them in a certain direction based on the arrows as they come. And your, your lightsabers are different colors. So you have to match the color of the box to the color of the lightsaber and there are like bombs and there are walls that you have to avoid kind of like a Japanese game show. And, uh, it is so much fun. I played for two hours the other night. I was sweating and I woke up and my arms were sore. Like I had worked out yep. like my muscles hurt. And I don't know if that says something about the game or me or both. Um, but both. like I, I was smelly. Cause I was like, and I was like playing on like hard and expert and like getting like really into it. Mm-hmm. And I know I look like an absolute idiot doing it, but I don't care because it's a ton of fun and there's a bunch of music and you can buy extra packs by different artists. Mm-hmm. So being, being the 35 year old white boy that I am, I downloaded the Skrillex pack that had all his songs from like 10 years ago. on it. <laughs> like it's not age appropriate uh, at all. Oh wait, it is. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, it's, it's super fun. And they have, they, they have like all different kinds of modes that you can do. So like there's, 
you can make it really, really, really easy. So like if I can get the Oculus to fit my kid's head, she could play. Um, but it is, uh, it's a ton of fun. And turns out it, it helps with your cardio a little bit if you play hard enough. Cause you, you can't help, but like dance a little bit while you're doing it. Cause you're, I mean, the, all of the boxes, you're like hitting the rhythms and sometimes you're in the syncopations and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. It's no, I to Bob and weave, you know, it looks like a ton of fun. I, I would probably get that game and probably play it every once in a while. Right now I've, my rotator cuff is gone from um, work, but so I couldn't probably couldn't play it right now, but, uh, but I would really have fun playing it. I'm sure. Uh, but like we were talked about on the last episode, like my, my killer app for, uh, like the Oculus quest or just uh VR in general is to have something that you can have unique experiences to be able to travel the world, to, to do different things. And I, I wrote know. a, I wrote a bobsled down a bobsled run. That yeah. was fun. It was a little weird though. Yeah. And then there was one, it was like a zip line over the forest in like Costa Rica mm-hmm. it freaked me out yeah I can imagine because you're like super high and then Kennedy was like I want to try and I was like ah and she was like oh this is so cool you know she's like all <laughs> around and I was like oh you fear nothing child yep so it's not real man what was that it's not real oh yeah 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 it's um I highly recommend it. And I, there's, so Oculus has an app on your phone because obviously no one else can, it's, it's a standalone device. It's not hooked up to a computer like, like the HTC Vive was, or you know some of the other VRs that you can like see on the screen what's going on, but yeah. they have an app for your phone. And theoretically I can then cast that from my phone to my TV so that if we were having like a party, um, people could see what's going on. And that's the other thing too about this is it's completely self-contained and it's not big. It's not big at all. Yeah. But because it's self-contained, I can just take it wherever I want. So like when we're having game nights at other people's houses, we can, you know, mix in the Oculus with the board games or like the, you know, um, what's the one that we like to play that's on the TV. Um, Oh my gosh. Oh, uh, Jackbox. Jackbox. Yeah. I was trying to think of it too. All I could think of was Jack packs or something. And I knew yeah. that wasn't right. Um, and then there's, there's another one we do. It's Pictionary on the iPad. And so you draw on the iPad and it shows up on the TV and you pass it around. Yeah. Pretty fun. So anyways, um, good times. Super cool. So what about you, sir. Well, as, as is my tradition, uh, <laughs> I've been fighting with myself to figure out which one of these to, uh, to talk to you about. Um, but I will go with the more expensive of the two for this week. <laughs> and that's my new bed. Mister, I thought I was the old man. Here you are talking about your bed is what delights you. Dude, I got 10 years on you, man. <laughs> so we, we had our old bed was given to us when we got married. Uh, it was a queen size bed and, uh, and that was 20 years ago. So <laughs> it, uh, it has served its purpose and it was time to replace it. And I didn't realize until we laid on this bed, we got a sleep number bed 
And I didn't realize until I laid on a sleep number bed how uncomfortable the bed that we had was. <laughs> it was just like, that's the bed we slept on you know it is what it is um oh my gosh we've had this bed since uh the 22nd of december i think so about a month now and all the pain that i was dealing with on a regular basis has pretty much gone away you know oh, nice. i i deal with a little bit of pain in my uh my si joint on the left side of my pelvis and I've been dealing with a little bit of uh, rotator cuff pain from just work, you know, just wearing out my rotator cuff. Uh, but beyond that, like I used to wake up with with pain in my knees and in my back and just like I would wake up some mornings and every joint in my body hurt. And uh, I would take, you know, a little while at, once I got out of bed to get everything stretched and get everything comfortable again and not not anymore. And uh I, when we were doing our research, looking into these beds, I, I mean, we looked at Casper mattresses. Um, we looked at, uh, just a lot of different things and we, you know, we decided to go into the, uh, sleep number store to see, uh, what they offered. And when I come, when it came right down to it, the sleep number beds were so, so nice. And the lady at the sleep number store, and I know it's her job to sell me something, but when she was talking about, you know, normal uh, mattress shopping, she's like, well, you go into a store and you lay down on a bed and somehow you're supposed to figure out that this bed is comfortable for you by laying on it for five minutes. Um, so what the sleep number bed offers that other beds don't is you can adjust it whenever you want. So if you're not comfortable with a soft bed anymore, and you were when you got the bed, you can firm it up a little bit. You can soften it up a little bit more. And what it really comes down to is like, if you lose weight, your, your sleep number is probably going to change because your the whole idea of a sleep number bed is to alleviate hot spots. So, you know, if your hip and your shoulder, that's typically where your hot spots are going to be, especially for guys, because we have, tend to have broader shoulders. So at those hot spots are going to be like on my shoulder and on my hip and, and then they just get sore and then everything around your middle starts to sag in a way that makes your back, back sore and stuff like that. But what the sleep number bed does is it's constantly adjusting to where your, your body is sitting. So if you're laying on your back, it's going to, it's going to uh, do what they call, they have responsive air in the mattresses. So if you go from laying on your back to laying on your side, it adjusts where it's giving you support um, automatically. And it, it is so amazing. Like the, the funny thing that my wife and I have gotten into the habit of doing is we'll lay down in the bed uh, when we first get in because the, the responsive air has filled up all the air chambers to our sleep number. So now you lay down and, the, the, and it kind of feels like you're just laying on a normal mattress. And within about 30 seconds to a minute, all of a sudden you feel yourself start sinking into the mattress and, uh, and it just like forms all around you and like kind of cups you in and, and it's just so comfortable. Uh, and then if you, you know, move to your side, it might take a few minutes, but it adjusts to where your hot spots are and like just cradles you in so that, uh, so that you don't really have any of those hot spots and it's just. 
man, it is so comfortable and it is, it, I mean, it's great. I really, really enjoy my sleep number bed. Well, that's good. I, uh, I'm glad that I got clarification on mm-hmm. that. These were two separate things that you wrote down. <clears throat> yeah. Cause I thought the second thing <laughs> was a description or model name of the first one. And I was like, First of all, TMI and secondarily, that's a bit presumptuous, don't you think? <laughs> I'll just go ahead and talk about the second one too. Um, but uh, but to to put this uh, to put <laughs> pun intended to put this uh, subject to rest, um, we we got the adjustable base. Uh, it's a king size bed, so it's a bigger bed than we had before, and uh, it's a split top. So the top, the two sides of the top can adjust individually so you can lean them up you can put them down my wife loves the uh, partner snore feature it's a button that she can push in the app because this is all app connected so she can push a button in the app called partner snore and it lifts my side of the bed up a little bit (laughs) so um she's woken me up with that a couple of times now but otherwise she usually just pokes me (laughs) but uh but and it's got a heated feet uh, area too, which I was like, eh, that sounds really gimmicky. But man, it is so nice to get into a warm bed. You know, it's nice and warm down there. And you know, last night I threw some uh, wool socks on because it was really, really uh, cold in the bedroom. But normally I don't have to do that. You know, I just get into bed and it's nice and you know the covers are nice and warm because there's an automatic routine that you can set that it will automatically warm up the bed before you come to bed. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm spoiled. It's good. <laughs> so just because you brought it up, uh, the other thing that I put in here was the busy box. So, so listeners can understand why I was a little confused. <laughs> it says sleep number bed sl- slash busy box. And I was very concerned about where that conversation might lead. <laughs> So it's almost two years ago. It was just after the pandemic hit and everybody was starting to work from home and stuff like that. I saw on Kickstarter, is it Kickstarter or Indiegogo? It was Indiegogo. Um, this, uh, this busy box sign. Now, I have for a very long time uh, wanted to get just an on-air sign for my studio. Mm-hmm. And they're not cheap. All it is is a freaking light inside of a box with a filter on it that says on air. And yet they charge like $100 for these things. A captive audience. Yeah. So what I decided when, when I saw this was this is the perfect thing for me. You know, and, and the whole idea behind the box is that you can put it on your door. You can put it above the door, wherever. And you can, uh, you can set what it says. So there's uh, two different kinds of the busy boxes. There's the standard version, and then there's the digital version. The digital version allows you, it's basically just an LCD screen that allows you to set it to whatever you want it to. You can put pictures on it. You can put emoji in it. You can do whatever you want with that. Uh, The standard version just has like your little plastic sleeves that go in or the little plastic bits that go in that have the messages on them. And then you can customize the light color behind it. So, um, so I got the digital version because that's the one that I wanted and it allows me to use the, uh, the busy box app to set 
a bunch of different presets, which I'll put up on the screen here so you can see. You can see the active one right now says recording. So I have this, I have my busy box up in the bedroom or up in the living room. Nice. So that when my wife's up there, she can see what I'm doing down here and and know if she needs to be quiet or if she can come down and uh, and talk to me about something or whatever. So I set up one that's a that's a clock. So it's just we can have that on all the time. I do have an on air feature. I have an on a call. Um, I also put one in there for for breakfast. That was just a fun little thing with uh, the emoji for uh, eggs, bacon and coffee. <laughs> uh, I have one that says in studio so she so if she wants to come uh find me she she knows where I am I can put that put that on there and then uh I I put one on last night that I just put on that was funny it says busy and then it's got a then it's got a glass of whiskey next to it <laughs> but but it you know it's a really cool little um box that allows uh allows you to you know communicate with other people that hey you know I'm I'm recording right now. If you could just be, you know, kind of keep it down, uh, which my wife never has a problem with that. Uh, just communicating that with with her, and then when I get when we get done recording, I can uh, pop in and just put in studio or something like that and change the sign so she knows that I'm done recording. So nice. I like it. I think it cost me like I think it was a hundred and maybe 50 bucks for the, uh, to fund it. I don't remember. It was, it was almost two years ago that I funded it, but they got hit with the chip shortages and then they had issues with getting the LCD signs and all that kind of stuff. So, but, uh, that's a busy box and I'll go ahead and throw a, a link in the show notes. So if you guys are interested in checking that out, um, you can do so. Uh, again, they have the two different types. There's the um, just the plastic covers over a uh, over a colored um, LCD panel, basically. That does. I assume that one's cheaper. That one's cheaper. That one that one goes for one twenty nine, and that is should be readily available right now. Uh, they're still having supply issues with the digital version, and right now the digital version is selling for two ninety nine. So I think I probably got it more for more like one hundred and eighty dollars or something like that for the for the pre order. Um, but that's still in pre-order right now. So that's taken a little bit longer. Do you want to take a look at this? I'll kick it over to you so you can, uh, I mean, I'm not buying one. I, this is, this is, so the Oculus was one nice thing I'm buying for myself. Yeah. Uh, this is the year of frugality. I'm saving up for a down payment on a house this year. I want to be able to put a down payment on a house next year. So I, I was just I, sending it to you to look at it. I know. I'm, I'm I'll not, look at it. I'm not, I'm not forcing you to buy it. I know, but I'll check it out. It looks cool. I'm just saying I got to. Now the, the digital portion of it, I, I got in right away when they started the, uh, the funding. So I got mine already. There's quite a few people that haven't yet. And you can kind of tell that they haven't been putting a lot in the app for the digital version yet. Uh, because there's not a lot of people that have them yet. Um, but, but they're slowly rolling out more and more features for, uh, the digital version. Uh, they're pretty feature rich for the standard version right now. Uh, and it, there's not a lot of features for something that you can just change the light on. Uh, but they do have some cool like gradient features where it'll scroll different colors behind the, uh, the sign. Oh, nice. and stuff like yeah. that. So, um, so it's, it's a, it's a fun little thing, you know, I like it. So, and it serves a purpose. 
<laughs> they also have a button that you can get for turning them on and off remotely. So, you know, if you have the, the standard busy box that you don't, you can't change the sign on, um, but it's outside your office or outside studio or something like that. You can just hit a button on your desk to uh, turn oh, it on. Nice. And off. Yeah, just so button. yeah, that's kind of nice. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Well, I suppose we can wrap up the show for the week. Um, did you have anything else that you wanted to share with our the good people that listen to our show? No, just, you know, thanks for, for hanging out and listening and appreciate it. Hope you guys are all well, staying safe. It's good stuff. And if you want to know more about us or, uh, or check out our back catalog, you can find us at innerdialogue.show. Uh, you can also find me at mitchcraig.online. If you want to check out my socials or check out the blog that I don't post to very often. Um, Cam. They can find you at cambrennan.com, correct? Yes. All right. So uh, check us out there. If you do have questions for us, please hit us up on socials and uh, we will uh, we'll get back to you. And hopefully we can get some stuff to do on the show because that would be fun. Do a little follow-up, do some questions, whatever. Um, but uh, but it'd be good to uh, to hear from you guys. So, all right. Well, Cam, it's been fun. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yes, sir. You have a good one.